So I've talked about this on my various shows, but I wanted to tackle it again because I think it's important. Recently in my community Discord, which you can check out over at runjumpstomp.com Discord, we were having a discussion about the price of Darksiders Genesis on Stadia and comparing it to the price of games on PC since it is available on both Stadia and PC. First, I want to talk about the price of games over time. Back in the 70s and 80s, games were about half the price that they are now. I'm looking at issue number 7 of Electronic Gaming Monthly, also known as EGM, one of my favorite magazines when I was a kid. And if you look at the price of games in the ads in the magazine, you would find Spy Hunter for $44.99. Bomberman would have cost $39.99. So... Since this issue, issue number seven of EGM, which was founded back in 1988, game prices have gone up about $20. This is, you know, close to the beginning of the 90s. So back in the early 80s and 70s, they were even cheaper. That seems like kind of a big jump since the 90s. However, that doesn't consider inflation. If you compare the buying power of a dollar in 1988 to the buying power today, more than 30 years later in 2020, you would be spending $86.95 of today's dollars to pick up your copy of Bomberman and $97.82 to buy Spy Hunter. That's close to $100 per game if you adjust for inflation. This does not even bother to take into account the fact that games cost a lot more to make today than they did back in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. For instance, The Legend of Zelda, which came out in August 1987 for the Nintendo Entertainment System, employed only six people. If you compare that to Breath of the Wild, which took four years to develop and employed over 300 developers in Nintendo, that's an insane difference. In short, games have never been cheaper than they are now. Now, let's talk about the price of PC games versus console games. One of the advantages of playing games on PC is that games are generally cheaper on that platform than they are on consoles. Personally, as somebody that used to primarily play games on PC, to switch to consoles, that can be a little bit irritating. So why is there such a difference, such a gulf between those two platforms and the prices that we're willing to pay on them? Well, it has a lot to do, in my opinion, with the fact that there's a lot more competition on the PC than there is on a console. Let's say that you buy an Xbox. You have two options for places to get your games from. You can go to a brick-and-mortar retailer, and I know that there's lots of them. We'll talk about that in a second. You can go to a brick-and-mortar retailer to get your games, or you can buy your games directly from the Xbox digital shop. Now, when it comes to physical copies of games that you buy in an actual store, those games have an MSRP, or Manufacturer's Suggested Retail Price. Most retailers tend to follow the MSRP when pricing their games for their shelves. Sure, there are sales from time to time, but for the most part, 
Games will cost the same at a GameStop as they will in a Best Buy. Usually around $60 unless you're buying one of the fancy editions. And if you want to buy the game digitally, you really don't have any other option than going through the official store. In addition to that, some brick-and-mortar retailers have also suggested to digital storefronts and publishers that if the publisher wants their game on the shelf, they won't lower the price of the game in the digital storefront lower than that of the physical storefront. This leads to a very stable game price of about $60 recently. Now, PC games are hardly featured in meat space retailers at all. In fact, most of the time, you would be hard-pressed to find a retailer that carries more than a few of the incredibly popular PC games. And if it's something that's not incredibly popular, no way you're going to find it. Because of this, the brick-and-mortar retailers, they don't have nearly as much influence over the price of games on PC as they do on console. This coupled with the fact that on the PC, there are lots of different storefronts means that the price of games on PC continues to fall as these storefronts compete with each other. For instance, Humble Bundle regularly has games on sale at incredibly deep discounts. You can even subscribe to Humble Bundle and get a bunch of games included every month. On top of that, storefronts like Steam has inadvertently driven down the price of games through their regular seasonal sales. Gamers have started to get in the habit of waiting for huge sales and buying lots of games at deep discounts rather than buying new releases as they come out. Then you have the Epic Games Store, which is giving us free games every week. We just finished 12 days of free games on the Epic Games Store. They're just using their Fortnite money in order to push their way into the storefront industry. The next question that came up in our Discord conversation was this idea that PC gaming over time earns the developers less and less money as the price of games on the platform continues to fall. Games just don't keep up with inflation and the development prices continue to soar. So someone on Discord asked, at what point is it not worth developing for anymore? Which is a valid concern. However, you need to remember that even though the price keeps falling, the audience for PC games is massive. In fact, in 2018, PC gaming made up nearly 25% of industry revenue. Sure, the number of people out there that have a serious gaming rig, that's a pretty small number when you compare that to the Xbox and PlayStation and Switch. But what you have to remember is that most games... They do not require super powerful hardware. And many games are developed on engines that allow for easy porting to multiple platforms. So while the developer may not make as much money from the PC version, if they make it on the consoles, they can easily port it to PC and take advantage of that large player base. So PC gaming isn't going anywhere. And even though there's things like Stadia and xCloud and whatever other streaming platforms the future brings, these are definitely going to have an impact on PC gaming. But there is a large segment of the population that just doesn't have the internet to justify cloud gaming yet. So PC gaming isn't going anywhere. I already said that. 
while I was making this video, I noticed this pie chart. And if we look at the percent of the market that is dedicated to mobile, it seems really, really scary to me. I know that many of us are not really interested in the kinds of games that are very popular on mobile. At least I'm not. But it is by far the largest segment of the industry. Does that mean that most games are on mobile? I don't think so. I mean, it might be true, but I think what it really means, because this is about revenue, is that those games make insane amounts of money. And with the price of games versus inflation falling and the cost of games soaring, many developers are going to need to look at what is happening in the mobile part of the industry in order to find new ways to monetize their content. So at the end of the day, how much should games cost? Honestly, probably a lot more. But I think the industry has settled on that $60 price, and they're going to need to look at the mobile part of the industry for inspiration as to where to make it more profitable. Bottom line, either we need to be willing to pay more for our games, or we're going to have to accept our new mobile overlords. Thanks for watching. I'll see you next time.